I'm your host, Nick Ginsberg, and you're listening to The Open Drive, a podcast focusing on authentic living and defining your own path against the odds. Hey there, welcome to episode seven. Welcome back to my return listeners and a friendly welcome uh, to any new listeners that may be joining us. Thank you so much uh, for listening. I truly appreciate it. I am very humbled by the response and incredibly grateful. Now, just a reminder, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so that you can stay up to date when new episodes launch every Wednesday. And make sure you are following us on Instagram. We're at The Open Drive. Nice and easy. Also, don't forget you can follow me personally on Instagram as well, at Nick Ginsberg. Once you've listened to this episode, the last thing I need you to do is share it with a friend if you feel like it will help them or they will be interested to hear the story. It, uh, I want to reach as many people as I can to help people. So please make sure you share and obviously rate, subscribe, do all of that stuff. So I'll leave that with you. Thank you. <laughs> In today's episode, I really want to talk about, uh, uh, it's a continuation on the Open Drive episode uh, where we spoke about the mid-90s and when we moved to Open Drive and really how my parents' mental health and addiction struggles just spiralled out of control. Uh, So it's a continuation from there. And I want this uh, part of the podcast to be a two-part Uh, episode. So today in part one, we will go through the story. I will share with you what's, uh, what happened and uh, it will be quite raw and honest. And then in the second part, I want to talk through really what has happened to me from that situation and how it's affected my life ongoing and what I've done to really counter that. So uh, I hope you enjoy Uh, So in part one, we're going to talk about the story. So let's get started. So as you know, from the mid nineties episode, which was episode four, if you haven't listened to it, pause, go listen to that and then come back here. Moving to open drive mid nineties, it was a really uh, hectic time. Um, I think that's probably the best word I can find. It was a time where my mum had gone through uh, cancer. She had had a double mastectomy and a full hysterectomy she had struggled with her own addiction and her mental health, uh, and Louise was getting really bad as well. So both of them really struggled at this period. Um, it, it, yeah, it was it was pr- pretty rough, and it just kind of kept spiraling. And so, towards the end of our lease, and I, it gets very hazy. Um, uh, you'll notice throughout this episode there are chunks of time that I'm missing, um, and. I really do think it's just my mind's way of trying to uh, deal with it and move on. Uh, So I think it's blocked some of it. But uh, towards the end of our lease at Open Drive, Louise, I think, went into either a rehab or a psych ward or she was was removed. So she'd gone. Um, And it was mum and I, and we left our place at Open Drive and we moved to a... Uh, a rental in this cool little, I remember as a kid thinking, when I say kid, I was 12 turning 13. Um, I remember going, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, 
this is such a, a cool little place because it had like its own pool and all the units looked the same and there was this cool gated driveway and I look back on it now and it kind of wasn't that cool. Like it was fine, but <laughs> it definitely wasn't what kid me thought it was. Um, but we moved there and it was much more towards the center of the Gold Coast. So I, up to that point, had lived at the northern end of the Gold Coast. So Labrador, Arundel, uh, Runaway Bay, that, that kind of area. If you know the Gold Coast, you will know where I'm talking about. And we moved towards Merrimack. So Carrara, Merrimack area, which is sort of uh, kind of directly inland from Surface Paradise. So we moved into this place and it was just mum and I. And... I think what that meant is because mum's mental health at that point was so bad and there was no longer a buffer. So mum's mental health was bad. Her addictions were bad and it was me um, and me alone. Now she had periods and I need to make this very clear throughout all of my stories I'm sharing with you my version of what's happened and from my memories, but there were a lot of good times kind of threaded in with all of this stuff. And so I, if I fail to mention that, please don't ever assume that there weren't good times because of course there was, um, which has been part of the struggle for me processing everything that's happened. Um, there were some great times. So what I might actually do then, let's share some of the really fun times of living at Merrimack. So where um, things were quite dark, we had a lot of fun times. So I got a silver uh, blow-up single-seater couch. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers them. If you're a late 80s, early 90s kid, you hopefully remember them. Um, it was 1999. Uh, there was, uh, so I had this silver chair. I watched Channel V all the time. And I'm pretty sure I watched it on Ozstar, not Foxtel, but I can't remember. Um, and I was obsessed with music. And so I watched Channel V all the time. I knew all the songs, I knew all the dancers, uh, loved it. It was around the time of uh, Baby One More Time, Jeannie in a Bottle, uh, Waiting for Tonight, Jennifer Lopez, If You Had My Love, all of that. Um, it was a very good time in pop music. Uh, and so I used to have a blast in my bedroom, listening to music, having fun. Mum would also love listening to the music. So my mum and I share quite a, a strong bond of love for our music. So uh, artists that we like and, and all of that. Even now, mum's um, in a nursing home. Um, she's got a slight dementia so she's got a bit of short-term memory loss actually a lot of short-term memory loss but um uh, her and I uh still share such a big love of music so her and I really bond on that and so we would have a blast dancing around we would watch our tv shows together mum is also uh very creative so she did a lot of pottery um loved creating things with clay so she did heaps of that right and so that was, uh, that was amazing. We had lots of fun with that. Um, that was great. But intertwined with that was some of the worst times I've had. I remember uh, small pieces of living there uh, outside of what I've just shared with you. So uh, 
mum drank a lot. Um, her mental health was also really, really bad. It was at this time that I stopped dancing as well. Um, I think I started... So just before we left Open Drive, I did start going to high school. So I actually must have been 13. Or maybe... No, maybe I was enrolled. I think I was enrolled in high school when we left. And we moved to Merrimack. Yeah, that's right. We moved to Merrimack. And then I started going to uh, one of the high schools on the Gold Coast, which I hated. I was there for maybe three months. And then mum uh, decided to homeschool me, which, of course, never happened. So <laughs> so the age of 13, I'm at home with mum all the time. Um, I wasn't dancing anymore. Uh, and that had ended. I'd always told people that uh, a, a, the only reason was because I was being bullied and whatnot and I decided to step away from that, but that really wasn't um, the entire truth. Uh, I, uh, Mum really struggled with her mental health, like I said, and so uh, she unfortunately uh, had damaged that relationship, I think, maybe a bit beyond repair. And so... Uh, that part of my life ended. <clears throat> and it's interesting, I've, I've spoken to my psych about it and I don't think I've probably fully processed that, that losing that part of my life yet. Um, so stay tuned, we'll probably dive more into that later. Um, but yeah, so I'd stopped dancing, I was at home with mum all the time, I was meant to be homeschooled but I wasn't. Um, and mum got really bad. There was one one night she had, must have been neighbours or someone, I don't remember who it was, but there were people in our house. She was very drunk. I was trying to get her to go to bed and to sort of wrap it up. I don't know what time it was, um, but I remember it being late. And she said, yeah, oh, here, give me a hug. And she was sitting on a couch, and I can remember this really clearly. She was sitting on a single-seater couch, here, give me a hug. I said, no, mum, it's okay. We'll hug later. Let's let's just get, get everyone sorted. And she just wanted to show how good of a mother she was to these people that were in the house. Again, can't remember who they were. Um, and so she just wanted to hug me and love me. And she hugged me so hard I heard my rib crack. Um, and she's never she was never physical with me ever. Um and that's the only time she ever physically hurt me. And it was really because she had no control and she just wanted to really hug me tight to prove to everyone that she was a good mother. Um, and she, in her good good moments, she was a great mum. But in her bad moments, obviously, she she wasn't. Um, and so that was, that was, that, that was an imprint that stayed with me for a bit. It must have got really bad because as we lead up to this next event, I have almost no memory of anything other than the event. So I remember planning to 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 stay over at a friend's place. I don't remember how long for. I think it was maybe a night, two nights, something. But mum never returned. So I remember her dropping me off at my friend's house. Um, her, her name was Simone. She also loved the Spice Girls as much as I did. Um, so much so that I, her and I used to watch the DVDs. I remember that. And this was also around the time that Steps Tragedy came out. 
um, uh, which is where I get my time bearing from because uh, I remember listening to it when I was living with them. Um, but uh, I digress. Um, she, I remember mum dropping me off and saying goodbye and then she just kind of, like, she never came back. Um, but I don't remember it ever being spoken about either. I, I think I remember Simone's mum talking to me briefly about it, but maybe trying to keep me, uh, or try and protect me maybe from it. Um, but it is so hazy, this memory. These these memories are really hazy. Um, it's interesting. One of my aunties, her and I spoke the other day about this and she's the same as me. She has a very limited memory of this period because it was quite rough. Um, whereas her husband, my uncle, remembers everything. Like he was able to validate a lot of what I'm telling you now. Um, which is good uh, in terms of timelines because it was it, it's it's been a bit hazy and so what happened at some point I remember being enrolled at the same school as Simone which was Mary Mac State High I was living with Simone I think when I first started going um, and then my auntie uh, one of my aunties. I remember getting a call from her asking me if she knew where I remember her saying to me, do you know where your mother is? And I didn't, I didn't know where she was. And then I ended up going to live with her. And again, I, these memories are so PC. And then a girl at school came up to me and said, are you Nick Edwards? My, my pre-married name. <laughs> Um, and I said, yes. And she said, well, your mum, uh, just wanted me to let you know that she loves you. And I, and she said, oh, my mum knows your mum. And, and I said, okay, wh where is she? And she told me, but I think at that point, I think my auntie had already found her possibly, but I remember being so touched by that message. Um, and that this girl at school who was very popular, um, uh, her name is Alicia. She, uh, she went out of her way to tell me, um, to pass on that message. And a lot of kids, I don't think maybe would have. Um, so I was very touched by that. And then my, uh, my wider family. So, uh, my aunt and my uncle and my other auntie and, and all of that, um, took me in for a bit. So I, I bounced between the two homes and then, we found mum and she was living in her van. So she used to have a, a high ace van, uh, an old one. And she was living in it out the front of a tavern in Broadbeach. And that's just where she lived for that period. Um, and then my aunts and my uncle fought really hard to get her into a government, government housing place. And we got her in there. So she got in there. I was still living with my aunt at the time. And then once she was settled, uh, I went in and moved, moved in with her and we started kind of the next chapter of 
our relationship and our life together and it was just her and I, uh, I literally have no clue what Louise was doing during this period. No clue whatsoever. Um, uh, it's not something I've asked, um, but she ended up moving just down the street from us a few years later, but I ended up back with mum. She still wasn't great. We'll talk the next chapter in another episode, but I wanted to share this chunk of my childhood because you can probably hear it in my voice. It's, uh, it's the hardest part, um, of what I went through as a kid. It was, um, uh, feeling displaced and, uh, uh, like a burden. Um, and so it had such a pro profound effect on me, uh, as an adult. And I thought I'd processed it until, um, I reached a certain age, which I will tell you about in the next episode. Um, and yeah, I just, I wanted to share this cause this podcast is raw and honest and open and I, and I want, I don't want to sugarcoat anything. I don't want, uh, not to tell you a part of my story that is so important. So I wanted to share this with you. It's important to know, and I want people to take this away from this episode that for my mum, and if any parents are listening, I can, I, I know that you can only imagine how bad things were for this to have happened. Um, but my mum was in a very dark place mentally and her addictions had completely consumed her. So uh, she she was not the mum that I knew in the good times. So when I spoke in one of the early episodes about having two versions of my mum, that is when the bad version uh, uh, engulfed her. So, um, it happens with addiction and mental health. And it's really important to understand that had my mum, uh, had or allowed herself to get adequate help for both of those things, because to get help, you need to want to get help. Um, that wouldn't have happened. So she had been consumed by that. And I am sure a part of her leaving me at Simone's was to protect me. Um, and so I, I just want to make that very clear that when people do things like this, when they've got addiction and mental health issues, a lot of it is doing the best they can with what they've got. Is it okay? No. Of course it's not. It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't mean it has less of an effect on me or family members, but I've learned to look at what has happened through a very empathetic lens. So she wouldn't have done that if things weren't really, really, really bad for her. So I want to leave you on that note. I'm, uh, this, I, I'm so grateful that you listened to this, um, there are, up until this point of releasing this episode, there's only a handful of people that know that story um, as much as you do. Um, and uh, so welcome to the club. Um, but I think it's important to put it out there because uh, it's a very big part of who I am. And, and yeah, I want to share that. So if you enjoyed this, make sure you do all of the things I said at the beginning. Like, subscribe, rate, you name it. Please do it. Share it with a friend. 
I want to help as many people as possible. Remember, I'm sharing my story to help those that need it. I'm not doing this for myself. I'm not doing it for likes and follows and all of that crap. I'm doing it to help people. So please make sure you share it. Um, and I hope you have a fantastic day, week, month, night, morning, whatever it is. And I will chat to you in the next episode where we're going to unpack everything that I just spoke about and how that affected me. So stay tuned for the episode next week. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a great time. Bye.